Cool. We are coming like, off a long weekend. <laughs> have you been drinking and smoking all weekend? Because that's what your voice sounds like. No, Sean. I accidentally fell asleep. This is my waking up voice. <laughs> that's what I would say, too. I would say the same. <laughs> yep, we had a long four-day weekend. It's yeah. uh, a festival, which is the Sarah, yeah. which is just before Diwali, and they do the lamp lighting thing in the White House for the Indian yeah. thing. Yeah, so this festival is basically for a, Indi a Hindu goddess who beats a demon. It's like the victory of good over evil. Right. And what you do during this is like a spring cleaning of the entire house and all the oh, tools wow. and things that you use every day, you usually just leave it and like just leave it in front of like the shrine thing. Wow. Kids love this because even their books and everything, they're not supposed to use it for that one day. So. <laughs> oh. ah, there's always an upside. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay, so just from making sense to the people from the West that are listening in, they didn't quite understand any of that. So <laughs> why don't we, why don't we, let's slow it down a little bit. So you've got a four-day holiday that's basically a national Hindu holiday of a mm -hmm. religion that Nobody over here has any idea. Uh, well, I shouldn't say nobody. Let's mm -hmm. say 2% of the population understands. So yep. what do you do for it? So you lay down, so you're, you. so it's like the Sabbath. Nobody works, right? Essentially, that's the laying down of the tools. Yeah, or? like that. Right. And you're just, it's more of you giving thanks to all the tools that enable you to live a comfortable daily life or help you <laughs> in your daily life. Nice. Mm -hmm. So in my case, that would be uh, no cooking for four days. <laughs> Shit, that I would. That's wild. So do you not get on your computer then for four days? Uh, for the two days where the festival is, I don't. I mean, it's yeah. just that I violated it because I still had a recording with you. <laughs> right. <laughs> That'll go over well. I'll pray mm -hmm. for you. I I'm going to pray for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> All right, what do you want? What do you want to? What do you want to chat about today? Because I want to hear. Since we're talking about religious holidays, okay? I mean, it, you know, every, everybody's just different. And until yeah. I actually worked with uh, Muslims on a regular basis, which I did for you know a good fifteen or twenty years when I was younger, mm -hmm. I found Ramadan to be the most authentic holiday ever. So you could find out what, what it's like to be poor and not eat or drink anything from sun up to sundown. Mm -hmm. And I was like, so why do you guys do that? And they go, well, I mean, it's a, it's a religious custom, but we really do it so we can have some empathy for the poor. Because it's real easy once you start oh, to wow. be, forget about all the other people that didn't make it, you know, or didn't get along, or maybe mm -hmm. didn't study hard enough, or, for whatever reason, um, didn't get there. To this day, to me, that seems like the best religious practice I've ever seen. Yeah, empathy for the poor. Yeah. I mean, I look at Catholicism, my religion, and uh, mm -hmm. and you go, okay, it might sound political when you're not supposed to commit sins, but yet you're supposed to tell somebody what the sins were, so then they know, and usually those people are at kind of a higher ranking than you. 
Mm. And I've always been, and I know it's, I know it's to share and everything else. So folks don't write me a letter. I understand what it's about. I'm just saying, if you look back historically a thousand years ago, it might be a little suspect. Yep. (laughs) Right. So so my mom's family um, in Ireland were the one, they were the caretakers of the Catholic properties. And all of them, all of the men are about six foot five, which in Ireland would be a giant. And so the caretaker of the church properties, you know, that just means they collected rents and monies and everything mm-hmm. else. <laughs> People are like, what a glamorous job. And you go, I don't, uh, I don't think so. I'm, <laughs> but they're all huge. And it's not, it's not an accident that they pick the biggest people to, to go collect the rents and whatnot. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not anti-religious today, folks. Don't send me a letter, or call me, or send me a text. Sean, keeping it to religion, can I tell you that I was asking someone the other day as to why all the women in the world haven't gotten together and just got behind Hinduism because we have so many female goddesses, whereas every right. other thing is a is just a dude. <laughs> so. I always I always found it okay so just for background from everybody I went to an international boarding school not because I was rich I was there on scholarship um but I got to hear about all these other things that other people's backgrounds were and a few of them were pretty similar to mine and I was like how did that happen but if hmm. you do a little bit of googling instead of just googling politics in America and getting whatever answer you want google that kind of stuff I mean it, it doesn't make me less um less of a believer or anything but it does make me suspect of the hierarchy of the whole thing so i find it ironic that women the only ones that can create life are not usually involved beyond a medium level like my aunts were um were nuns so i i grew up literally around two nuns all the time one was a brain surgery scrub nurse because they didn't let women into med school back then and the other one was a grade school principal that could was like a turnaround specialist. She would go in and literally turn around schools. And you go, in real life, they would both be making one hundred and fifty to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in the Midwest, East Coast, West Coast, three fifty to four hundred grand. They worked for twenty five dollars a month, and and gave their trust fund to the church when they signed up to be a nun. Are you kidding yeah. me? <laughs> no, not vows of poverty. So I grew up around these amazing people that had these amazing skills and vocabularies and abilities to not just uh, not just argue, but argue viciously, <laughs> which mm-hmm. I inherited. But the but they literally did it because they thought it was right. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. I mean. And so when, whenever anybody talks to me about religion, I go, I grew up around a whole different variety that literally, can you imagine living on, you know, 25 mm-hmm. bucks a month? When you grew up my, my one aunt, the, the story about her being a child, and I'm not trying to brag here. So nobody missed, nobody misunderstood. I didn't grow up with this kind of money, but she went to a school. And a lot of the kids had chauffeurs and she was wanted her mom to drop her off two blocks from school because she was embarrassed. She didn't have a chauffeur for God's sake. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. I did not grow up like that. Just to point that out. I walked to school and, and either fought every morning or something. Mm-hmm. It was nuts. And that, I mean, that, so having grown up seeing that, like I, 
I understand all of the Indian gods better than I do one all-knowing, ever-believing God, which now that mm -hmm. we know the universe is just one of many, many, many universes, and we're just like a little speck of dust in the in whatever the hell this is we're in, um, I find it hard to believe, you know, because I, I have atheist friends of mine, and they'll go, show me, literally, mm -hmm. Sean, just, just show me some proof that that there's an all all loving believing and knowing god and i go well i can't i think that's why people call it belief and they go right so why yeah. are you not okay with me not believing mm. and i go okay and they're usually pretty good people so i don't um, i got in our family we have muslims evangelicals we have um Baha'i, are you familiar with Baha'i at all? Uh-uh, I'm not too. One of my cousins is Baha'i, more more studious. The guy's brilliant. The whole family are professors and shit. And mm -hmm. uh, and then Catholic and uh, and Muslim. I said that one, but we don't have any um, Eastern um, mm -hmm. religions married in. We might have a couple of Orthodox ones if you go out a little further. And then the the side of the family that you know. Join the other side, or are Protestants, you know, over 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 Ireland. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, we've we've always grown up with that mix. So I don't really, uh, I don't understand people that don't know any better or think that theirs is the only one. Yeah, that is a very like closed off thing to live with. <laughs> right. Well, you and I watched the same video about hey, I'll pray for you. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> I always go, okay, I, you know, I mean, you know, what, what damage can it do? I, but I, mm -hmm. I also kind of go, well, what are you, what are you praying me for me for? Say, Sean, my, my ability to not take compliments also goes to that other potion. When someone tells me, um, I'll pray for you or oh, God bless you. I'm like, who the fuck are you to tell me which God is going to bless me? And like, I just yeah. lash out irrationally in my mind. <laughs> right. that's, that's, hey, that's legit. So I went to a service with you and your sister here in Oklahoma mm -hmm. City, oddly enough. Oh, my bread's looking delicious. <laughs> um, and Spanish moss, people, in, in case anyone's listening in. <laughs> yeah. It's, okay. So I... I go and, and, you know, I find it as fascinating as any other service. I don't, I'm not sure anybody has a monopoly on what the right way to do it is. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I go, do you, is there, do you really need an intermediary to go wherever we're going? And I got to be honest with you, reincarnation makes a lot of sense to me. It really does. It's the only thing that explains why we're here. I mean, you know, we inhabited this weird place. And we do weird things, and um, and for some reason, some are determined good and some are determined bad. When there are some with a normal moral compass, you could go, that is bad. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a real different coexistence. So when you came to America and went to, you went to school in Edmond, were you concerned that they had to teach ethics in college? Because oh, yeah. I was concerned. We had an entire subject for one semester, which was, I think, business ethics. Right. Yeah, and what's it, that mean? <laughs> Sean, it was basically a handbook of all the corrupt, corrupt corporations and case studies on them. In case you guys want to do this later on in your careers, don't do it this way. 
And you look at it and go, we, there is an element of trust with all of us, with government and with companies. And having worked in finance, and you've worked in finance, you should not have an element of trust. And the problem is, the reason you hired those people is because you don't know. And so yeah. how do you, how do you, how do you remedy that? You know, you just go from an ethics standpoint in, in finance, the thing you will hear is don't leave any money on the table, meaning negotiate down to the final penny, mm-hmm. which is fine. And then people know the next time you're going to do the same thing. Um, but I've, I've worked in places that they had some unscrupulous people and my goodness, man, where they didn't leave any money on the table and they would put people in really bad life positions so they could have a temporary benefit. And uh, I didn't see that taught in any ethics classes. I did. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe so they should actually uh, teach those right in business school. But um, I don't know. I'm one of those weird people who do think that CEOs need to have a limit on their fucking bonuses and shit like I do that. Too. Especially yeah. if the bottom line of the employees who actually do all the work right from the warehousing and all the way to end end of like endpoint service to the customer if those people aren't getting like the same bonuses every six months what the hell is the point of the stupid corporation running and it's not like the old day where they can use that henry ford type excuse he invented it this way of manufacturing so he makes the big bucks where the hell you do that now yeah. It, so the argument with the we're, we're moving, we're moving to a different subject matter. The argument with the strike with the United Auto Workers is the CEO of Ford got 40 times their salary as a bonus or it was 40 times whatever their bonus was. I can't I, I don't remember which one it was, but it was one of those. And that's the argument. We just want the same thing she got. Yeah. That is a valid argument. I mean, it really is. You go. Well, yeah, they made it all. And you go, this late and this lady did come in and move forward from the old gas models to electric. I mean, she's she's done some stuff. So I don't want to discount her. First female CEO, if I remember as well. But yeah, their amounts, H. Ross Perot. Do you remember that guy that ran for president? Uh-huh. I do. His deal is back in the day, it was, you know, the the presidents and CEOs of companies made usually 10 to 20 times what the average employee made, which guess what? You'd make sure your employees made more money if you made 10 times what they made. It's fair. Mm-hmm. The employees will go spend that money that Friday and it really gets into the economy. And if the money goes to a CEO or a president that's 40 times or 50 times, whatever, for a bonus, it just goes into a stock portfolio. It doesn't go into the economy, which is where we actually need the rigorous movement of money. Hell yeah. <laughs> to use the Italian term vig. Vigorous. <laughs> Vigorous movement is shown. <laughs> yeah. So I don't um I mean, but how do you see how do you see any of that remedying itself? Because I I think they're at a uh, at a crux and and look in the and once you get to a certain level in the world and uh you just quit worrying about the people beneath you. And it's and it's sad. I mean it really is, but that's I mean, that's worldwide. That's not just America's just catching up to everybody. So we were talking about ethics from the conversation of religion. And I'll just circle right. back a little bit for the sole reason that a lot of the uh, uh, Sikh temples, Hindu temples here, and even if I'm not mistaken, some of the mosques, every like they have particular days in the week 
or I think it's almost every other day where they just give away food for poor people, where they have like huge kitchens inside these places where they cook for everybody. And if you're in there, they, you, they rich, poor, whatever, they just give you a plate of food and they're like, all right, here you go. And to connect that back, even like the temples to an extent, I think they do give back something to the poor people in their communities. And this right. is more of a direct give back as in food. Whether you poor or right. just stop by this place and you get food. Like, right. I remember when I was a kid, I used to remember mom doing that day where she would give yeah. food on a Tuesday outside the temple and a church because in India, they were like right next to each other. <laughs> right. oh, wow. Shared like a oh. common compound. <laughs> that's right. how it that's was. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Well, I over here, you have enormous charities. Catholic Church is the biggest charity in the world, as far as I understand. I believe I'm correct. Um, mm -hmm. And here, what you'll have are people that are on the far right of politics will go, well, you got to let the churches take care of it. It's not a government thing. And you go, it's too big for them. Mm. I mean, literally, the Queen of England used to sit down with um, the Salvation Army, the head of Salvation Army. And if I don't know if it was once a month or twice a month and mm. help organize what they were doing over there, which most people don't know that, mm. you know, evidently she wasn't a raging bitch to everybody. It was just to the Irish people and your people. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't real nice to the scots either occasionally but it um i mean but it is that ethics or do you accept the fact that there's going to be this lower eight or five percent that are always literally on borderline starvation and how do, I, my argument with education in america is we're always going to have this lower 25 percent how do we teach them to read well enough and do math well enough to survive so they don't end up having to do street crime and end up in prison. Yeah. And that seems like a reasonable argument until you start realizing we have for-profit prisons still. Hmm. I know. Right. That is like a tricky like, thing where there is actually money to be made in petty crime. <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy, crazy ass situation. But yeah, that's where we are here. All right. I gotta turn my bread so we'll chat while we're walking. Yes, sir. The other day, there was some, um, like, we heard a noise in the middle of the night. You have, like, these uh, covers downstairs for, like, the yeah. underground tanks that we have. Okay. It's, like, it's like made out of just straight-up iron, Sean. So I think if you steal it and sell it by weight, you make some cash. So some dudes oh. tried to steal okay. that. And my, and my weird little stray dogs who everybody yell at me for feeding were the ones that made a ruckus. <laughs> wow. And, chased, and the dude ran away because I looked at the cameras and he had like, gotten away. That and... is a Disney movie waiting to happen right there. <laughs> no, okay, but the thing, the thing I was going to tell you is like someone was asking me why I didn't like file a complaint to the cops and things like that. And I was like, Dude, if it's somebody who's trying to steal iron so that he can yeah. sell it by what its weight is, I really am not trying to get that guy all fucked up in our legal system. Right. Why would I do that? <laughs> Plus, also, with the amount of exposure they have to advertising and aspirational marketing, these are probably kids right. who have never had an education who yeah. see everybody else around them having the fanciest shit. Like a recent statistics here, statistic here said that almost like 80% of all the iPhone 
15 or whatever the hell the number they are at in India, 80% of them are on credit cards. Wow. A lot on like credit cards. Yeah. <laughs> Man, you got following us down the tube, aren't you? I know. <laughs> the, so I, I wasn't a poor kid at a rich school, but I was because I wasn't that level of rich. You know, we had, we had a nice house and everybody went to private schools and shit. So, but, you know, everything's got its level. Mm -hmm. um, I think I've told you this before. One of the guys that was at school with us um, was from Kuwait and he was uh, one of the royal family members over $5,000 a week allowance that guy had 45 years ago. I mean, whole <laughs> he could buy a car every week with his mm -hmm. allowance. And mine was $5. Somewhere or another, I was supposed to be okay with that and not be envious. You know, how do you, how do you not be, you know, as a teenager for God's sakes. But uh, so I have seen it. I've seen it all, man. On that, I don't know what you, because you guys are an emerging economy. I think it's fair to say that. You know, you've always been huge people-wise. But as far as exports and everything go, you'd still be considered an emerging economy. And uh, mm -hmm. the dumb things I bought when I made money when my early 20s is I look back. And so if I see anybody buying stuff like that, mm -hmm. hopefully it's not on the credit card. You go, well, I hope you weren't willing to kill anybody to get that. Because if you grew up without money, man, I, you know, you don't know any different. That's that's uh, mm -hmm. like I, I don't know how anybody judges on because I'd be in the same position as you are. I probably wouldn't. The 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 crackheads. So we have a meth house, which for those of oh, you who don't yes. know what that is, they literally <laughs> sell methamphetamine. Sean, how have we never talked about the meth house across the street from the pub? <laughs> I don't know. So well, the last one burned down because they they mm. had an explosion. So they've moved to this other one a few houses in. It's bizarre to me that there's. We've been here five years. They've been here 20 years. They have outlasted everybody. So I go outside and there's a, there's like a sun and ski th or something across the street. They're selling pumpkins and fall foliage stuff. And mm -hmm. I see three of the meth heads running around there stealing stuff and there are cameras on them and everything else. And they just don't care. Like mm -hmm. their, their brains are just gone. Do you bother calling the police or not? I didn't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You go, what do you, what, do you, what for? If we put them in jail, what if they, they can buy meth in jail? I mean, you know, they're like they're getting away from meth going to jail. And that doesn't solve any of the problems of why in America do people feel like they need to be high all the time? To numbers from the pain of just existing. <laughs> right. I mean, isn't that the deep, dark secret we all need to deal with eventually? Is you go, why mm -hmm. does everybody feel like they need to be high all the time? You know, it's, it's not the, this isn't a hundred years ago where you had horribly alcoholic Irish people and they couldn't figure out why. And you go, because <laughs> they like the effect of drinking. That's <laughs> what <laughs> Sean, part of it was also that they rarely ever found water that was clean enough to drink where they wouldn't drop dead. So right. it was... You actually know the truth. Right. Yeah. So you actually know the truth. So my grandfather, who everybody says didn't drink, drank mm -hmm. a shot of green alcohol in the morning and another one at the end of the night to kill the bacteria in his stomach. But the, the other thing is, is beer was cooked mm -hmm. over a flame and the alcohol killed the bacteria in it. So people drank beer. 
-hmm. Now, they also drank it because they were just alcoholic. But that is the back. You are correct on the background. I'm proud of you for that, Deepak. <laughs> Sean, but there's also a weird thing. Uh, it is an American author. I can't remember his name who writes this book on coffee. Till the invention of coffee, where they boiled some sort of water and dumped something in it and then drank that in the mornings. People right. used to just wake up and drink and go because that was the only thing that like alcohol. And he right. talks about how our current modern society wouldn't have existed if we had never found coffee, tea, those things that we traded with other countries because he's talking from the right. American perspective, because we would have just been yeah. fucking drunk all the time because we couldn't get clean water. <laughs> yeah. So they, um, what, the way that Ireland ended up changing their ways on this water pollution was the salmon quit swimming down the major river that goes through Dublin. So you basically had free food, you know, you just kind of had to go out and literally the, you know, the rivers weren't that deep and shit. So you'd go out there and catch some salmon. Um, and once they quit running because there was so much pollution is when they finally started to address it. Oh, wow. Hmm. Yeah. And I don't know, you know, I mean, you guys are emerging economy. You're producing a lot of things that are probably not helping your country, the ground or, uh, or the environment. And eventually, you know, they'll move it to some other place. Once you guys address it, they'll move it somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Do you know, like, at times I get so annoyed when I see a lot of people craving, like, McDonald's here, where I'm like, right. how did this happen? Like, McDonald's was introduced in India maybe, like, the early 2000s, right? something like that. And now it's like a staple in people's diet. And these are all foods yeah. that I don't think the normal Indian palate actually ate before. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, but but so isn't isn't it much like when I was a kid? That was, it, it was it was a novelty at first, and then it was mm -hmm. cheap enough to go back yeah. and and eat more. I mean, I, you know, in all honesty, they but they have the perfect amount of sugar and salt and fat in all of their food. It mm -hmm. is a chemical food heroin. I mean, that that shit is designed to succeed, which really yeah. sucks. But that's the truth. Mm -hmm. How do you how do you guys eat it? Because they soak their fries in uh, in tallow, which is a nice way to say lard. Yeah, yeah, they don't, Sean. They basically just they've changed a lot of their recipes because McDonald's here doesn't even serve beef; it's only oh, chicken, well. and wow. a lot. And they have a really extensive vegetarian menu, which would be like okay, just so everybody can see. That is a thermometer on my bread. I still use one, so I know it's good. How many years have you been doing this, Sean, so that people know that even after all these years, you still use a thermometer to not... We're at we're 15 years. Well, you know what everybody always goes is, oh, I can do it by sight. And you go, mm -hmm. I agree with you that you can, but since baking is a science, how about we use a little science? <laughs> <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> you, know, it's a, you think of the guys making street food over in india and you go man they just put out you know 500 a thousand meals a day mm -hmm. and and you go and it's the same every time and you go right it's science to them it just looks yep. flashy to us because we can't do it <laughs> yes yeah, like at times when you see those guys do like a quick meal like a 30 seconds you don't realize yeah. that for them they know all the potions by heart in their mind 
Plus, right. it's almost muscle memory because of the amount of times that they're doing it. <laughs> yeah. It's like a tennis player when you ask them to serve, right? <laughs> Even if you're blindfolded, yeah. then they'll still hit that ball. <laughs> right. Perfectly. So I watched, um, I'm trying to think of who the soccer player was. They did a deal. If a, cor if a corner kick was being made and he was blindfolded, he could still tell where the ball was. Oh, wow. By I haven't seen this. Yeah, because he could hear it. Isn't that crazy? Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. So today we've covered religion. We've got... <laughs> Business ethics. Okay. Let me, let me tell you why I brought up the religion thing. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, for one, this, this, this funny video of I'll pray for you, which was great. And I'm, I'm not cutting down anybody's religion. Well, until now. So, um, you know, there is a prosperity religion in America and it's a version of Christianity and, and uh, Joel Olstein is um, the guy with an airplane and gigantic house and all this other stuff versus my aunts who took the vow of poverty and my uncle who took the vow of poverty. Mm -hmm. opposite. <clears throat> and all of this one way or another has a market. In America, churches are tax free. And yeah. from a guy that's in city government, we have a lot of churches in the city that I am the vice mayor of. And uh some of it's a business. It really is. Some of it's a business. But what, I, what I'm alluding to here is there's a guy that I will see tomorrow at the State Board of Education meeting, and he legitimately believes that humans were put on earth to dominate the earth. Dominate. As if mm. humans do it, we, our babies can't even walk for a year. I don't know who thinks we're, you know, elephants come out and they can walk immediately, horses, all this other stuff. And if a cheetah can run us down and eat us, are we really the dominant species? Honestly. Mm -hmm. is and this, what have we so, yeah. Is this, this uh, theory that I've heard where we were created to basically rule over the planet and everything on this yeah. planet is created just for our use, our women fancy? Yeah, eh, fucking yeah. assholes. Mm. Right. No wonder there's a continent-sized pile of trash floating around in the ocean. <laughs> right. And and so why don't we rule over that? Figure out something mm -hmm. to do. It is a. Uh, we have and I, what do we got? Like five minutes left here. We have eight, but oh, cool. Okay, with the chaos we have in Washington D.C. here, with not being able to get a speaker of the house, which weirdly enough means you can't do any business. I don't know why this one guy gets to decide whether mm -hmm. anything goes through or not, but that's the way it works over here. And we've never had the odd chaos before. But these guys are doing this stuff on purpose because they believe that theory that they dominate over all this stuff, but they don't have a majority, so they can't dominate. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make any sense. Like the, the whole theory doesn't make any sense. And the, the people who say that kind of shit, you look at them and go, well, why are you fucking fat then? <laughs> I mean, if you're the dominant creature, where are you obese? Mm -hmm. I mean, obesity, not a sin of nature. You took more than you needed, right? Yeah. So I don't, I just, I'm, I'm, at, a, I'm at a loss for humans right now. Bam. Just a, just a little bit of a loss for humans. <laughs> Sean, do you know, I have that theory at busy restaurants. I have that theory at busy restaurants where I believe that if there is a fat dude in front of me, he needs to wait for his food. 
and I need to be slow <laughs> first for the sole reason he has enough fat reserve, Sean. You can't tell whether I'm going to just pass out of a light head by the time he right. gets his order. <laughs> I'm with you, man. I am with you, man. God, that's hilarious. Sean, I don't... <laughs> as a bartender, if you just walked up to a customer and be like, I think you can wait. Let me give them their food. <laughs> so for those of you that are listening somewhere other than America, so we, my wife and I own an Italian restaurant and an Irish pub. And the Italian restaurant used to have wooden chairs 20 years ago when we opened it, wooden chairs. And we had to buy steel reinforced chairs about 12 years ago. The other ones literally were collapsing underneath people. Oh, wow. See, at that Give point, it. you can't claim it's fucking bone density or big bone. Right. <laughs> that is just bad. Nope. <laughs> you're not. Yeah, you're it's 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 a. Uh, and you know it's it's nor it's become normalized over here, and that's your thing. That's what will come to you guys. So, in poverty, in a lot of cultures, the heavier person seemed like he was wealthy because they could eat more, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, some some cultures, and uh, we don't have that view over here anymore. But it's it's an accepted obesity is just an accepted now. It's such a it's such a huge, no pun intended, issue. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know where you go with it. I mean, you, you know, you can't make people eat less. Foods still in America, food is very cheap and readily available. Problem is, yeah. it's processed. That's uh, that's what I would say the issue is. So I'm, I would yeah. I would say that the obesity rates in India are higher than before because the nature of our jobs have changed. Plus, right. the amount of fast food and other foods and artificial foods and GMO. Because I'm pretty sure. I know I'm not supposed to be shitting on Monsanto, but I'm pretty sure they're here fucking with our food as well. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're gonna they're gonna do it worldwide. Private company. Did mm. you know that? Private company. I know. Um, is it Cargill also that's a private company? Look, Bab, admittedly, they have brought the world more food than the world has ever had. However, it's not distributed where it's needed. Mm-hmm. So I have to agree, yes, you've done better than our ancestors. You still didn't get it to the right people. So you just made other people just available to eat more. You know, I, yeah, I, I don't have an answer to that one. Sean, that's <laughs> just being a dick in food distribution. <laughs> right. And, and you know, I don't, I don't know about you guys how that worked, because I know that Brits starved you guys like they did our people. Mm -hmm. We literally, while 25% of the population was starving to death in Ireland, there were British ships in our port full of cornmeal. Hmm. Literally. Yeah. I know. Nice people. <laughs> nice people. I want to follow a religion they followed because they were so nice. <laughs> so good. <laughs> I know. Brought it all the way back around right there, didn't I? Just brought it all... <laughs> Speaking of business ethics, <laughs> would business ethics require you to, to sell that ground corn at a cheaper rate so people could live? Or do you hold off on business ethics, let 25% of the population die so you can make more money? Hmm. The answer to me is straightforward. You just slash the prices right. or just give it away if it's rotting. <laughs> like right. even the rotting food, Sean, that there are so many times where I have that issue where I'm like, why can't we just give it to someone? <laughs> Rather than try to squeeze every last penny and put it back as profits into the business. Right. That messes up our economy. What are you trying to do? You're trying, you, 
to make it okay for people to be poor. It's a uh, man. I, yeah. I mean, this, Hey, this is a good way to close this thing out. Cause I own yeah. a restaurant. I don't have any waste. I mean, I, well, I can't say I don't have any waste. I don't allow any waste. Um, mm-hmm. But we do have, I mean, our customers don't eat all their stuff. And we do send a lot of food home because my wife, being Italian, likes to overfeed everybody. Oh, know? hell yeah. I'm aware of that. <laughs> right. I mean, that's just, that's just her thing. And, it, and it's okay. All right. Um, let's, let me do me a favor. Take us out here because I got to get rolling. All my stuff is out of the oven. And I got to get out of here. Well, this was a villagers podcast episode that we covered every sensitive topic that you're not supposed to touch. So that's right. <laughs> Send us letters, people. Send us letters. <laughs>